Welcome to Much More Much Year with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Aunt Imagination production. Guys, I'm here with filmmaker Danny Madden. We're going to be talking about his current film, 15 Cameras. It's written by PJ McCabe. It comes out on demand October 13th. Basic synopsis, a young couple buys a, a duplex. It's not a home. They buy a duplex and they think, as a lot of young people do, great starter home. You know, we can get some roommates. We can offset the mortgage. We've got room for family to come. And then all hell breaks loose. Creepiness ensues, yes. I mean, on its own, the, the idea that there's cameras that you don't know about, it's creepy. There's something also just like uh, hidden camera footage or CCTV footage that's creepy on its own. So you've got a lot of creep factor elements going on in the film. I want to ask you, I know your bread and butter is animation. I'm ecstatic that you were part of everything everywhere all at once mm-hmm. you be the raccoon was that your animation <laughs> no, no, no that's all puppetry stuff you know <laughs> yeah that's incredible mm-hmm. but how did you how did you get into feature films like this and how did you come on board with 15 cameras um, I've always uh, kind of grew up making stuff with uh, I'm a middle brother so uh, you know making stuff with my brothers and um, it kind of builds over the years. You do enough short films and you really kind of uh, spread yourself thin working on short films. And eventually you're like, maybe I should do this for with a feature. So um, so back in 2018, um, got together with some friends and one of my brothers, who is one of the lead actors. Uh, and we made a movie called Beast Beast back in, in my hometown. Uh, it, we filmed it in like the house where we grew up, in the school where, where our mom works. And uh and that movie premiered at Sundance. So that was a, that, you know, a pretty fun step up from doing a little movie in your hometown. And, and then uh, I guess from there, you're kind of like, you've broken past the seal of like, just having kind of tackled that runtime even, you know, really just kind of pushed to make something that's an hour and a half. And um, so from there, yeah, I, I have some friends who, and they had been working on this sort of like horror franchise before. There was a 13 cameras, there was a 14 oh. camera. And so, uh, and so it, it came time to do this and, and uh, they said, Hey, we got a little budget for it and working on the screenplay. Would you like to direct it? And then I said, uh, great. Can my brother be the lead? And they said, we love your brother. And I said, well, then I'm in, let's go. Well, you told him, let me watch the other 14 films first. <laughs> no, 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 it's only two. It's only two others. It started with 13. So yeah but no but 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 i was i was also interested in doing uh, a standalone you know i was like i was like i don't want to do something that's required to watch two other movies to get to this i'm not i'm not big on the sort of uh serialization of of movies you know so uh yeah so we made it a standalone movie and people who have seen the others and are privy to that they can come and enjoy this or people coming in fresh they can watch 15 and maybe they like it enough to watch the other two you know who knows so I think there's two, at least two very different camps on uh, serialization. Like for me personally, the Halloween films, right? And then they they tossed in Season of the Witch. And I was like, <laughs> what? Is-? But also the Saw franchise, similar first three, crazy, either want your, the purity of the, the franchise, you don't want to, you don't want to mess with, or you want to be able to say I want to watch Halloween three and not need to watch it. Just like you said. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I don't know. I, I I mean, I typically feel like just watching something fresh. It should be the goal. You know what I mean? 
I, I don't like the idea of like, hey, you got to do this other work before you get to this one, you know? So I don't know, that, that was at least my approach with this, you know, with this film, so. And with a series like this or type of series, you know, series of films like this, and maybe like a Final Destination type series of films, the concept or the idea is the same or similar enough to where people aren't going, what's happening? Where are the cameras? You know, it's kind of like, you know what we're here for? Let's just see this crazy twist on it or this. So that's refreshing. Yeah. And there was something to kind of starting, like having it almost feel like an origin story, right? We, we weren't doing a whole like take the bad guy and tell his story, but but like take the concept of how someone kind of spirals into creepiness, you know, and, and the opportunities given to us. And so for me, this is an opportunity to say something about we live in, a, in a, an extremely voyeuristic time. I think we're, we've always got, you know, Instagram open and TikTok and, you know, we're spending our time watching even like true crime documentaries and stuff. We're fascinated with people's lives and, and the horrors they go through or the mundane things they go through. But I just feel like so often we're, I mean, we're, we're doing a podcast right now. Podcasts are, are this kind of new um, genre of, of storytelling, which is like, often is just like hanging out like people tune in and they're just listening it's it's almost like eavesdropping on someone's <laughs> conversation in a, in a way you know so i don't know i just i i think that's worth the commenting on so when we're making a little genre horror thing you get to exaggerate <laughs> the message and you know so I, I had some fun with it you know and what's crazy to me and when i was like reading up on the film and reading up on you and the concept behind the films and whatnot there's a there's a short story uh, from like 1947 called The Enormous Radio, and it's about the wife, you know, of the main character, the wife, Irene. She, instead of hearing like, I don't know, news bulletins or music, she hears what her neighbors are doing. And wow. Talking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what, like 80, almost 80 years ago, it's like the same concept, the same idea of being that whatever the audio version of peeping Tom is. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. A listening Larry. What is yeah. it? What do we call it. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's probably been around as long as uh, humans have had curiosity, you know, the cave people were. peeping. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So. Yeah. They're cronk. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. So that's something that will bring people into a film like this because they understand it or they're frightened of it or they think it's cool or they're into it, you know? <laughs> right. You can relate to it. And I think that's something too, like to, to have lead characters whose behaviors you don't always agree with, but you still empathize with them. You know, I think that's, that's kind of a sweet spot of, of storytelling where we cannot, we, we can disagree with them, but still feel for them. You know, I, I think that kind of storytelling is helpful to, to us as imperfect humans. Yeah, to society in general. I don't want to get biblical or whatever, but like judge not lest you be judged. It's like have a little bit of grace for your fellow oh, yeah. human. Oh, yeah. It quite easily be you in that situation. And I think a lot of empathy and a lot of like grace has fallen by the wayside. Going back to what you were saying about like Instagram, social media and filming someone drowning rather than helping them. It's like, what's mm -hmm. the disconnect? What's happening here? Yeah. right 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 no that's an interesting point yeah well i want to go way back uh your film beast beast that's a great name first of all but you <laughs> it went to sundance i mean for people listening that's a big deal 
I mean, I'm old enough to remember when Sundance started the festival itself. Yeah, yeah. To get your first, like, straight out the gate, that's incredible. Did you go out to... Yeah, I I mean, it's not... It's always... We like to hear the sort of mythology of like, I just touched this movie and it turned to gold and here we go, you know, the, the Midas situation. But no, it's, I mean, it comes on the back of, of 10 years, 12 years of pushing really hard and making a whole lot of short films and experimenting. And, you know, I, I think the the story of this, like, hey, I just like swung the bat for the first time. I hit a grand slam. I, I think that narrative needs to be checked because... I think there's so much work that happens leading up to that and so many festival rejections, including from that festival on on prior work that I had done. And uh, yeah, I just I just think you really need to kind of like keep stepping up and, you know, whatever metaphor you want to use, keep lifting the weights or punching the bag or whatever, <laughs> taking a lap, whatever, whatever that whole thing is. You, you need to stay at it. You know, it's, there's, there's plenty of disheartening moments where you can kind of turn away and. And even in the midst of making that film, like most of the time I was feeling, you know, uh, insecure about it, not just not confident that this that anyone's ever going to care about this thing. So when that validation comes, it, it feels really good. But then other circumstances come in, too. And then two months later, there was a pandemic that kind of washed little indie movies out of the, the limelight, you know, <laughs> or whatever little piece of the limelight they had. There were bigger cultural things happening and, and health things happening. And um so you do feel like you kind of click back down a notch and you start fresh and you know an opportunity like this comes along to make a movie and i say yeah all right this maybe isn't like the the thing that i was uh, like striving for exactly but this is an opportunity to do something and have some fun and and, and learn some new things yeah. i mean it doesn't yeah it doesn't have to be your opus to for you not to love it mm-hmm so- you touched on a couple things that are funny and the, I, the irony of the pandemic and how it affected filmmaking and people being home and people working from home and uh, being inside more often they streamed like hell you know they they went through everything in netflix and then they were like what's this indie films i keep hearing about like they're morons you know but it's like they've been here they've been here but this is your opportunity because you're going to see a bunch of a bunch of stuff that you've never seen before mm-hmm. it's not popularity of indie film but uh, knowledge of it, kind of. It was like people were like, people can make movies without a studio. He's like, yes, yes, they can. Right, Absolutely. right, right. They can and they do, and it's going to be some funky stuff. It's going to be challenging stuff, and you know, it, like it keeps it exciting. Like, what's actually exciting about these things? You know, I think I think we need to kind of continually ask ourselves that and figure out what what we should kind of like vote for with our attention you know whether that's streaming or going to a theater and stuff and and i I think uh it's nice that we have the outlets and the abilities to to put indie stuff out there and uh, i hope people keep going for it thousand percent and it's so funny because i say it all the time just as an observer that indie filmmakers must have more leeway more leniency maybe with subject matter maybe with you know this that or the other but they also they don't get that big studio money necessarily. So it's like, it's a give and take. And it's yeah. like, how much activity do I want to hold on to or sell parts of my soul for? Right, right. Well, and it's also just uh, just process wise. I mean, you can be light on your feet, you know, when you're when you're a little band of rapscallions running around town getting, getting filmed, like you can get things that you, that would be a whole big ordeal if you were a, a massive kind of well-financed thing you know so someone i i heard the 
analogy once of someone saying like, uh, when you're working with a small crew, it's like, hey, you need to run around the corner and like grab some toilet paper from from the convenience store. You can just be like, oh, anyone can just run and go do that. And, and then it's done. But he's like, when you're on a giant production, it's like a it's like you're an aircraft carrier. And now you have teams of a hundred hundreds of people that okay now I got to go reverse and now turn three degrees and you know port side and then it's a it's a picking up a roll of toilet paper involves hundreds of people you know so it's it's this concept of you know there are there are advantages to to either side you know I can't help but feel like if I was a business owner or a homeowner or you know whichever in a small company a small independent film company. A group of rap scallions comes to town and they're like hey do you mind if we film on aisle three for like five minutes i would be like absolutely that's hilarious how how right. adorable <laughs> your aircraft carrier pulls up and i'm like oh not today you're like uh-uh yeah you're blocking the parking lot you can't yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly no no we've definitely there was a there was one scene in in beast beast in, in the last movie where we showed up, it was the public library in this town I grew up in, in Georgia. And we went in and I, and it was 15 minutes before close. And we had just filmed a scene outside. Um, and, and I just walked in and I was like, how are y'all doing? We're just, we're just some filmmakers. We got a couple little shots we wanted to do. Do you mind if we go over it? We'll stay out of the way. We'll just be right in the corner over there. And they were like, sure, darling, you just go ahead. You know? So then we're like, okay, kind of snuck in with a couple boxes and, you know, ran around with the actress for like literally those last 10 minutes before they closed. And, um, luckily, there wasn't any dialogue or anything, so we were just kind of filming, and they were making the closing announcement and stuff. And, but we got the shots we needed, and waved goodbye. And the librarians were super sweet, and you know, it was it, it's nice sometimes to have that, you know. So you just amped up that southern accent a little bit. And... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So. Shout yeah. out to the first of all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other thing you you touched on going to a. Uh, to a festival or having a, a project go to a festival, whether it's a screenplay or whether it's a completed film or even commercials, music videos, whatever it is, just to be involved is a huge like ego boost in a good way, not in a bad way. <laughs> Creatives, we've probably hated ourselves for the last six months or however long we've worked. We're like, you're stupid. You can't write. You're just mad at yourself completely. And you, you hate everything that you have written. And then you're like, Oh my god! I got it! Oh my god! We got accepted! I got accepted! Holy crap! Yeah. Why not suck? Hold on. Right, and, right, right. And you get that you get that boost of you know ego that you need to like not hate yourself anymore. And for me, just to go personal for one second, like in two thousand and nine or ten, my screenplay was second to oh my god, I forgot his name, but anyways, the guy who wrote Splinter, which okay. is a great, and I was like. I'm the shit, you know, I was like, yes, 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 you can't, nobody can tell me nothing, and then I, and then, like, two years later, I wasn't writing screenplays anymore, so yeah. keep your check, get your healthy ego boost, but yeah. don't be, you know, don't be well, so well, cocky. Yeah, something that I notice in, in people who kind of continue to do it and push it and, and, and make great work is, it's, it's less of an ego boost and more of, like, a validation to yeah. get, to have your work recognized like that, and, and I, I think for, like, the, the people who keep present, you know, the people who are kind of uh, cognizant of it all there, they haven't forgotten how hard it was and they haven't forgotten how many versions of this project could, there could potentially be and all the crappy versions of it that, you know, 
could have happened, you know, and they just ha they happen to end up on this version that people are responding to and people are clapping for or whatever. And I think that when you really talk to like the, a lot of the artists who I really respect, like you really kind of get down to it. They are just they're very humble in mm -hmm. in the challenges of the process, whatever it is, whether that's sitting for months and months at a on a keyboard typing something or being on set, just like crossing your fingers for the rain to stop for five minutes. So you can get the shot, you know, but you're, you know, I think the great ones are humbled by the process, you know. Right. And let me not come across as being some arrogant asshole. <laughs> no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Confidence boost is actually better, a better way to say it rather than ego boost. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I didn't have children. That's why I stopped writing. So leave me alone. But yeah. <laughs> you're right though. It is validation. It's like, oh my God, somebody other than my mom likes my, <laughs> likes my story. Yeah. It's really cool. And you do have yeah. to dig in and stay with it. And it's hard. And the thing you said about the rain is hilarious because then you get to be like someone of, I don't know, Lady Gaga stature where they're like, Gaga, we have to shut it down. It's raining. And she says, so what? This is, you can't buy rain. You know, this is mm. perfect. Mm. It's broken i'll pay for it so <laughs> keep going y'all right 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 you know there's a lot of paths to making things so well speaking of making things are you are you able to talk about your animation a little bit sure yeah i didn't know if there was ndas or whatever no no no, no. I, I mean most of the freelance work i do is is just kind of here and there scattered or scattered around and um and then i i, I do projects for myself as well you know which is always kind of experimenting animation is such a meditative and, and sort of magical <laughs> process you know it really it really does feel like it, you know you finish something especially when you're animating on paper and you kind of flip it back and you're like wow that i i know what this is i know this is a stack of 75 illustrations that i did but like you play it back and you're like oh that's a hand picking up a bag or something you know whatever the, the shot is and um i i'm really taken by that process every single time you know and, and i've i've been very lucky to um lend that ability to friends projects including daniel's or um terrence nance is this incredible filmmaker who has uh, a couple seasons of uh, his series on on hbo called random acts of flyness a couple segments for that and they're just and it's great to work with people who are like real artists you know and they want they want uh someone to to bring that degree of like attention to detail and and motion and yeah I did a I did a couple music videos with David Gilmore from from Pink Floyd and yes and uh, and he was just amazing because you're working with someone of that of that stature and and they don't have anything to prove anymore you know what I mean talk about just being validated for that long you know on that scale you know every day you walk by you see someone with a Pink Floyd T-shirt on you know you hear it on a radio station all the time and. Um, so he was just very like trusting, you know, and then and then you fall into the process. And it's it's a real privilege to have someone like that just say, hey, do your thing. You know, we, we hired you to do your thing. So go for it. Yeah. Refreshing and like freeing in a way. It's like, oh, you don't have this box that you want me to force my, you know, yeah. my art. Yeah, I've had some pretty, I mean, there's always like a nightmarish clients every now and then, but I've, I've been pretty fortunate with the people I've worked with and. Maybe that comes from being selective and <laughs> whatever, but um, I, I, I feel lucky for the things that I've been able to work on. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a tight tightrope like to to know your worth and to stand up for yourself and not come across as like 
not someone you want to work with, keeping your values and keeping your, your beliefs mm-hmm. firm. Yeah. Without coming off as uh, being like pushy or, you know, or, uh, you know, pretentious. It's hard. Yeah. It's a balance, right? That's always the balance. Yeah, absolutely. Well, 15 cameras is out, I forgot, October 13th on demand and limited theatrical release. Are we yes, talking about? Yes, if you're in Los Angeles, come check it out. Yeah. Cool. So what's up next for you? Aside from everything. Next. <laughs> um, I have a, a, a novel adaptation that I'm, I'm working on that, that I'm excited about. Um, and uh, another, a new screenplay idea has been bubbling up. So um yeah for some for some odd reason i'm still addicted to feature films and uh we'll keep pushing that stone up the hill so yeah more of that and then i'm always doing animation stuff because i love it now that you've put kate bush in my head running up that hill yeah there there you go exactly shit that's a good mantra kind of song yeah oh yeah i mean it's powerful and it gets stuck in your head so until you go up the hill it's going to be stuck in your head so hey yeah 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 exactly and then once you get up there there's probably another hill on the other side of that so you know i think kate bush gets it yeah yeah have a website or can people follow you on social media keep up sure yeah yeah well well, first let me plug the the movie if you just look up 15 cameras movie on on instagram it's there there's also a, a tiktok account and just 15 cameras um, and then I post things under on Instagram under the name Stuff by Danny. So it's a little portfolio of things. Nice. Awesome. All righty. Well, thank you so much. And I, I hope you have a rest of the day wherever you are. 15 cameras. You can watch it October 13th. Check it out, everybody. Danny, thank you so much. Thanks, Pop. This is great. Good one. All right. This has been an Odd Imagination production. Here at Odd Imagination, you'll find book, film, television, and product reviews, as well as roundtable discussions, current events, and hot topics. We are advocates for equality and the freedom to be who you are, no matter what. Odd Imagination gets its name from autism and imagination, two things that are very important to us. If you would like more information on Odd Imagination and the podcasts that we host on our website, you can visit oddimagination.org. A-U-T-I-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N dot org. the poison pulling me she knows all about the drug i plagiarize all my apologies and they still want enough i know i know